Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Wide Array of Sports Takes podcast. I'm Andrew DeStefano. You can find me at SportsGuru716 on Twitter or at the Wide Array of Sports Takes.wordpress.com. As I say every episode, I post daily fantasy football content, Buffalo Bills content, um, hockey right now. I'm doing 31 and 31 days leading up to the um, season, plus other things after that's done hockey related because hockey will be the main focus at that point. NASCAR, when NASCAR is going on, baseball, when baseball is going to be going on, um, esports, League of Legends stuff. There's been big stuff this last week. Maybe I'll do something tomorrow because there's no Bills game today, and I'll do League of Legends stuff. But this episode, I'm going to cover the rankings real fast. They're updated on my uh, WordPress. I'm going to cover the Dallas Stars, and I'm also going to talk about what the Bills need to do to improve during this bye week that they had to um, attack the second half of the season for them. So first things first, the rankings. Quarterback-wise, Taysom Hill was the big mover, and as a result, you could see a ripple effect through my rankings because of that. I think that he becomes a mid-tier quarterback two option, given the Wildcat. Maybe they do put Winston and Hill out there at the same time, and Hill becomes a possible wide receiver, things of that nature. Um. I think it gives them an opportunity. It's worth the risk for a team that needs to go big or go home. I like using those references, especially in my Pick Your Poison segment, which I did yesterday. If you'd like to listen to that real fast, it's only like the first 10 minutes of my um, podcast from yesterday if you want help with your flex at the last minute today. Now, Hill was the big mover when it came to quarterbacks, running backs. Adrian Peterson and Kerryon Johnson were big movers today. Um. You know, it became more clear what's going to happen between Detroit and Carolina when Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford's going to play, but he's banged up. It's becoming more and more clear that he is not 100% going into this game. There was some doubt that he might not play, whereas there wasn't that doubt, you know, known yesterday. With that, you know, Peterson's probably going to be your bell cow today where Kerryon Johnson has PPR value. It's kind of whichever league you're in. It's probably a solid flex option. They're going to get touches, and with that, you can get expected points. Regardless of what the um, end result is, you're going to get at least probably 10 points, maybe upwards of 15 points in the case of Johnson if he gets a touchdown in PPR or if Adrian Peterson gets a touchdown in standard. Um, That's pretty much it for running backs. Wide receiver-wise, we have um, Calvin Ridley moving up. It's definite that he's playing now. Yesterday I was pretty sure, but I waited. And because he's a big wide receiver, you don't want to be too early on it. So he's a top 10 wide receiver this week. The ripple effect was felt throughout the rankings because of it. I dropped Michael Thomas a bit more after yesterday dropping him some because it's just a, it is going to be an enigma of what this offense is. You know Taysom Hill is going to get points and to represent that and bringing him up in my rankings. But you don't know what, Who's going to be the guy that gets the ball out of the wide receivers? Who's going to get, is it going to be? I mean, who knows? I don't even have Adam Troutman on here at tight end. Maybe he has a good day. Maybe you have a guy like Latavius Murray who's on here. He has a good day with Alvin Kamara. I mean, it's hard to determine what the second half of that offense will be. Well, the, the last third of the offense, because you know you're going to have Hill. You know you have Kamara, but is Michael Thomas going to finally perform? He hasn't performed since he came back hurt. He's been a big disappointment, especially to me. 
because I drafted him in the first round and anybody else that has him probably drafted him in the first round. It feels the same way. So that's a big mover when it comes to wide receivers. Um, I really think that it's going to be, it's going to be a pretty easy week, especially when it comes to last minute movers because of this. Mostly it's ripple effects when it comes to like Ridley and Taysom Hill and Peterson and uh, Kerryon Johnson. It's not necessarily a guy coming out of no man's land and moving up the charts like Philip Walker last minute. He's going to play now as a starter. Well, I have him 25th on my rankings. I don't know what to expect out of him. That's a big risk if I'm, you know, being honest. And, you know, a guy like Alan Lazard, he's 50th. Could he have a good game because he's coming back? Yeah, but he's questionable. And if not, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has a good opportunity to succeed. I mean, there's situations like that that are going to come up. Matt Breida moved up in my rankings to it running back a bit. Well, what is he going to do? I mean, I know Ahmed is not the pass-catching back Breida is. If Breida's healthy, he has an opportunity to succeed as a pass-catching back when Tua is against a better defense in Denver than he's played in the last few weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Hopefully you use my rankings. If you liked them, share them and come back next week, and I'll have them again on Thursday. Um. Buffalo Bills, how they need to improve. Our third quarter, obviously, is the worst part of our team. And it's kind of weird to say, oh, well, how can you say a quarter is the worst thing, worst part of our team? Well, our adjustments aren't there. Offensively, they're not there. Defensively, they're not there. We're being out-adjusted. You know, we like to defer the ball to the second half. Okay, well, yeah, good teams do because, you know, you get a second opportunity at throwing out an offense that the defense is not ready for. Because in the, you know, it, it just gives you a second opportunity. Because the first half, you get the ball and the defense doesn't know what you're going to do. Second half, you can throw something else out there, a scripted um, series. But the Bills in the second half, in the third quarter, cannot throw out that scripted series and get it done. And I don't know if it's because they're not running Josh Allen. Now, people think, oh, I, you don't want to run him. He's too good. Well, I know in the offseason, he was on a, podcast i believe with mark sanchez and he told him that he doesn't really get into the game until he gets hit or takes a deep shot and that was his problem in in the seasons prior that you know he'd get off to rough starts and coming out of the half he'd have a rough beginning to the drive because he couldn't hit those short passes he wasn't in the game well either you got to get him in the game or you got to figure out how to hopefully they address it this half this week better ways to run the ball especially We've been struggling to run the ball, you know, at moments where we need to. Uh, whether that's playing Mitchell Morris like you're supposed to at center and moving Feliciano back to guard and taking Brian Winters out and putting Butker out there because Butker's been pretty good the last couple weeks. Maybe that's what you have to do. Maybe Cody Ford, we wait till Cody Ford comes back. We have our starting five offensive linemen and we run the ball like we did last year. But we need to run the ball to make this offense go because yeah, you can throw the ball all the time, but when you need to constrict the other team, like when you're against a team like Kansas city in the second half, if you have a lead, you want to run the ball. You want to just limit the time the other team has, and you know, you can do it effectively. It's not, Oh, run the ball for four plays and punt. No run the ball. Seven out of 12 pay plays going down the field, cutting into seven minutes of the game. That's what you need to do against good teams to win especially in Buffalo, where we're going to have a home game. It's going to be crappy out. We might not be able to throw the ball anyways. So hopefully they address that. Defensively, 
we are getting out adjusted because in the first half, our defense is not bad. I think it ranks in like the top half of the league, but in the second half, it is bottom half significantly. Like in the third quarter, I feel like it's like bottom five. And that means we are not adjusting in the second half, you know, matching the adjustments. We're not reading what the offense is doing against us immediately. Like I understand the first drive. Yeah. They come out just like I was saying about our offense. They come out with a new set of plays that maybe that you didn't expect that they know, Hey, we can use these plays against this defense because we know this is what they're running. Well, now Leslie Frazier and Sean, because McDermott, defensive coach, he's got to play a role in this too. They have to figure out how to get past that first drive in the second half on defense and adjust to what the offense is trying to do against them because that is where we are struggling. Last week, it was a big reason why we struggled and it's you know been a big problem for us this year. I mean, our third point different. Third quarter differential is like worst in the league. Our point differential overall is not that good. So we need to do something about that. So in recap, we need to decide how to adjust better offensively and defensively. Got to get healthy on the offensive line and we got to run the ball. I think that's how we improve in the second half of the season. Now, lastly, I'm going to go over the uh, Dallas Stars in my 31 teams in 31 days. The Stars played very well last year. They almost won the Cup. And uh, it was really surprising to a lot of people because, I mean, no one thought Dallas was going to be able to do that. And there's some fun pieces on Dallas. Now, Dallas did not do much this offseason. All they did was add Mark Pesek, okay? And I have them finishing 17th out of 31 teams. Now, like I said, this team went to the finals last year, but no one expected them to. And on paper, they should not. Like, they just shouldn't. I have them barely making the playoffs, barely out of the playoffs. And last year, that's kind of where they were. They only added Mark Pesek, so there's a lot of unknowns to this team. Um, you know, there's a couple guys on this team that are young and, you know, full of energy, but not, but don't have, like, you know, any proven qualities. They can say, this on paper is going to be a good team. Now, going back to Pesek again, 10th overall in cap efficiency. They only had one contract on the list here, with this, which is Pesek. At almost league minimum, he was the most efficient contract signed to UFA this offseason. He provides more than any other player will for the price that they paid. He can play any position, wing or defense. So he's got three, four positions on the ice. He can play left, right on both positions, wings and defense. And that's a big deal. Like that saves you a roster spot. When it comes to scratches and things like that, like now you can have a guy that can play on the wing, you play on defense and you don't have to, you know, and and you don't have to worry about him screwing up. He's not bad. And especially for the price they're paying. They re-signed a lot of guys this offseason, Garyanov, Hintz, um, a couple other players that they re-signed. So that is part of the cap efficiency that I will reveal at the end of my 31 and 31. Um, like I've done with other teams, injured players that are supposed to come back before the season's over are in the depth chart. Tyler Sagan, he's out a while, but he is their best center. Ben Bishop, out for a while. He is their top goalie. So that's without question. So based on that and how I'm doing my depth chart, obviously the top line, pretty cut and dry. Garyanov's their best, second best left winger. Hintz is their second best center. And Pavelski normally plays center. but. B- 
due to Sagan coming back. I mean, Pavelski will start at center probably this year, but eventually he goes to wing when Sagan comes back and he is the second best wing. Third line is where there's question marks, which plays a big role in why they're 17th, in my opinion. Robertson is good, but is he going to be good right away? Unknown. Um, Kiravanta, Kivaranta, Kivaranta. He did very well in the playoffs, but has never shown that at any level. Like, I mean, he's never shown that ability over in North America to be that good. So can he keep it up after his playoff performance? We don't know. That is the big question mark between 17th and um, making the playoffs. Fourth line, solid. Blake Como, Andrew Cagliano, Jason Dickinson. That's a solid line that can play fourth line and be reliable. Um, Dowling, he is a center. They're deep at center. There's a lot of centers on this team. Not a lot of left wingers. Um, Rhett Gardner is their best left winger in the system right now. Um, like there's guys like Ty Delandra and a couple other guys that can play center, but don't play wing. And that leaves a backlog. I mean, yeah, sure. They could come up at wing, but for the sake of the depth chart, I use cap friendly for the positions. There's not many options at wing for them. Defense. Obviously Mira Heiskanen, fun player. Essa Lindell, fun player. John Klingberg, fun. Those three defensemen might be the best top three in the league, especially for their age. It's a very good, you know, set of three defensemen. Alexiak can let Klingberg do whatever he wants. So that's a solid defensive defenseman there. Now, the bottom four on here, Sakara and Johns, both experienced defensemen. Johns has been hurt a lot lately, but a couple of years ago, he's pretty good. Pesic, it's pretty good, could play. If Johns is not what he was a couple of years ago, Joel Hanley, pretty much a career AHLer, seventh defenseman. He's on here for now. There's not many left defensemen in their system, especially guys that are ready. Like Taylor Fadoon can play right side. Julius Honka comes back, a first round pick from a few years ago. He could play right side too. But I mean, for the sake of this, I, I have to put it on the left side. I think he's better than playing, he's better playing on his offside than anybody is you know, in the uh, minors for them on the left side. It's, it's, this is where the problem lies for them too. Third line forward, you know, question marks at least. Here, it's pretty, you know, clear that they have some depth issues when it comes to the left side of their defense. If they have an injury to Esselindel, they are not, you know, they're going to have to play a guy on the opposite side, whether it's Pesic, Fadun, or Honka. And how well will they do when they do that? I don't know, especially when you have a guy like Lindell who's probably going to play 20 to 25 minutes a night, and now you need to spread the wealth of these defense, you know, all these minutes. It's not like you can hide somebody and have them play 11 minutes a night. Goalies, Bishop and Kadobin are pretty good. One of the, probably the top five pairs in the league. They're older, but they're good. Kadobin can play until Bishop comes back and be solid. Jake Ottinger will be the backup. Jake Ottinger has never played an NHL game, but he's, you know, a highly touted prospect. And, you know, it, it, we'll see what happens. Like I said, this team is middle of the road, 17th. The question marks lie in the third line and their defensive depth. I think that that's where they're going to have trouble if they have trouble at all. And, you know, I don't think this team is a Stanley Cup contending team like it was last year. It's a middle of the road team. So in closing, I'd like to thank you for listening to my podcast, The Wide Array of Sports Takes. If you liked it, like it, share it, retweet it, do whatever. 
message me if you have any takes that are opposite of mine or comment on it when you retweet it or whatever you want to do. And I'll gladly talk about it tomorrow because I'll try and do another podcast tomorrow, especially with my 31 and 31 days with Detroit. And uh, yeah, so thank you for listening. And I hope that you are back tomorrow for more of my content.